Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Adam Joblin. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here for our Life After COVID. It's a special treat today. Our Wednesday um, guest did not show up. He had some unexpected emergency, but I was glad that you could join us on short notice to talk about your new book, Lots of Holic. When I heard the name, I was like, I've got to find out more about that. And boy, can Americans really kind of get in the jive of that title because we all have a lot cigaholic going on in our lives a lot, especially with, I don't know about you, but COVID really slowed a lot of us down. Uh, but welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. You um, bet it. means <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. You bet it. So tell me, uh, we were talking a little bit before the interview, what is Lotsaholic about and how did you come to naming it that? Because I, I was really attracted to the title. It made sense to what a lot of us do in our lives. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, Lotsaholic was a title bestowed on me in rehab. Hmm. And we were at a family program. So this is where um, other families come in. They get to learn about alcoholism and addiction from somebody else. And we get to learn, us alcoholics and addicts, how we're affecting the family from somebody else. So it's a really healthy thing. And I was in a lunch with all the family members and all of my rehab patients, all my friends. And the, I was, I eat very clean and I, you know, take care of my body, which is sometimes a little counterculture to what people think of an alcoholic and an addict. And, and the, the families couldn't get over it. And they were like, why is he even in here? Like, why, why is this guy? And my friend said, he's the worst of all of us. And I looked at him strangely. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he's a lotsaholic. Everything Adam does is extreme. If he's five minutes early, if it's talking about his wife and children, if it's, if it's worrying, if it's drinking, if it's, if it's pills, if everything he, if it's exercise, if it's eating clean, yeah. everything he does is on level 10. So it was the title that was bestowed on me and I have it forevermore, but it really is about the disease of more. It's just about yeah. many of us are wired that we think more is better. Yeah. And I'd love to get your take on this because now we're, we're post COVID or at least I hope we are. <laughs> um, and what I got from a lot of my friends during the whole COVID thing was they didn't realize how much they were on, you know, speeding ahead in their life, really not spending time with their families themselves. They've lost touch of what was really important, the values in their life. And COVID really just slowed them the heck down. And they realized all this stuff of chasing more, 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 like you were mentioning, more at the job, go to the, you know, the soccer game, go do this, go do that. And it's like, no, 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 stop. So it was actually somewhat of a blessing. What was your take on the whole COVID goings about? I, I'm so happy you said that. Um, so I'm a man of faith and I believe you're right. I believe, look, first off, I say prayers for anybody's families that have been hurt or lost a job, you know, or lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. That goes without saying. But I do feel as if there was some higher power that I would call God uh, that kind of hit a pause button uh, <laughs> because I saw a lot of that, too. I saw families reuniting. I saw people riding bicycles and walking outside more. 
Uh, I th- no matter what, I mean, we'll never have evidence of, of how this started and if it was God's plan or not. Mm-hmm. But I do think that all of us got some really valuable lessons on what it's like to be human. Yes, yes. And I, I don't know if you recall where you were on 9-11, but I was in Manhattan working for Associated Press, talking to CNN, believe it or not, when wow. one plane had already hit and the other one was about to hit. And it was interesting. After the whole event, we were in just complete shock. But I tell you, the very next day, and the day of 9-11, it was sunny, it was 80, it was gorgeous in Manhattan. And the very next day, I was shocked because we had nothing to do. None of us went to work. We didn't even think of work. Work, what's that? No one even contemplating going back to an office. But I went to the park the next day, and I've never seen so many dads with their kids. Because you go to the park, and generally it's the moms pushing the carriage, sometimes the dads coming along. But it was mostly dads with their children. And I think it was like I could, it could have been me in that building. I could have lost this time with my children. It just like kind of like you said, put the pause on things and made you realize what's really important. Yeah, I, I believe that. I really believe that. And, uh, you know, that's why I stressed that I pray for anyone that's lost a job or a loved or anything like that, because there have been hardships. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. But the human component has been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So what has your lessons been through the whole journey of going through your addiction and coming out of it uh, and then writing the book? What has been your journey of growth and, and how did that start for you? Cause I know you didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm just going to stop this alcohol. It had to be a process. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. So for me, it was walking into an intervention and that's important for people to hear. This is not like I had some great idea. Hey, you know what? I'll get sober and go to rehab. It wasn't like that. It was my loved ones with letters and a paid interventionist who, by the way, is now one of my dearest and closest friends saying something's wrong Mm. and we're asking you to get help. And oh yeah, we know. And when you think you have everybody fooled, and they're telling you, we know what you're up to. It yeah. breaks your heart. And I went to rehab, but I went to rehab with this focus of, uh, first off, I only signed up to go for 10 days mentally. Like I was like, I'm going to be here for 10 days. But uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around 28 days or 30 days. I could not wrap my head around yeah. being, not being in my life for a month. But I went in with this idea that I was going to be the most dedicated disciplined, determined rehab patient they've ever seen. And what they will see, it'll be very obvious to everybody, is that there's nothing wrong with me. It's my family. It's the pressures of life. Everybody would just back off. Everyone should be more like this guy, Adam. And from the very moment I got there, things just started to backfire on that plan. Wow. I started, yeah, I started to learn about alcoholism Mm-hmm. I started to learn about the disease of addiction. Mm-hmm. I started to understand why I think the way I think. One of my favorite stories, um, because I'm in recovery now, is when my counselor uh-huh. uh, and I were having a, a face-to-face, and I looked at him just astonishingly. Just I couldn't, I couldn't believe who and what I was. And I looked at him, I go, does this mean I can't have a glass of champagne at my daughter's wedding? Mm. Is that what this means? And he looked at me very suspiciously. He goes, how old's your daughter? And I go, she's six months old. And he goes, only an alcoholic would worry. Could have a glass of champagne at his daughter's. And that's what I mean by all of this was back. Oh. My, my denial was thick. 
Wow. So uh, before you went into rehab, I, I'm guessing from what I'm hearing here is that you thought something wasn't all perfect, but you had it covered up and it's all you know wrapped in a pretty bow. But as you went through rehab, you began to unwrap and realize, okay, I don't have all my SHIT together as I thought I did. And there's some things I need to work on. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, so I'm thinking that there's a camera on me the whole time because I don't know how this is done. I don't know anything about rehab or treatment or anything, but I didn't know that I had to get out of there in 10 days. So I remember the first time I was in a group session. This is my very first day. And I see a guy say, hi, I'm Matt. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, I'm Scotty. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. Hey, I'm Peter. I'm an addict. And it finally came around to me Mm -hmm. and I get it. Right. I see what you're supposed to do here. I I guess I'm not going to like, I don't want to get, I don't have to stay here for 28 days. So I said for the first time, hi, I'm Adam and I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And it was like a 600 pound gorilla. Mm. I jumped off my shoulders and I could breathe and everything in my life had made sense. Have you ever seen the movie, the sixth sense starring Bruce Willis? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You happen to remember at the very end when he realizes he's dead and the whole movie makes sense to him. Ah, oh, yeah. That's exactly how I go. Oh, that's why I got a DUI in college. And that's why I spent two days in jail. And that's why I kept writing 17, 18 letters a year to my wife that I'll stop and I'll change. And that's why I hide bottles and pills all around. And I, I didn't know what I was. Mm. So I can know. I ask you something? Does it sound to me, what I'm getting is that for all those years, you really first we're not telling the truth to yourself and when you did that the meeting was the first time you were telling the truth first to yourself absolutely Mm. absolutely that's what denial is you know denial is it it starts with lying to yourself and then trying to mask it and put a you know and hide it Mm -hmm. from everybody in your life but that's denial Mm mm-hmm yeah. What would you say that not everyone I'm guessing, at least I hope not, is uh, an alcoholic listening or an addict. But I think in the American culture, one thing we do have and we talked about in the very beginning of our conversation is more the addiction to more. And I think that's one thing as Americans, we can a lot of us relate to is the idea when I win the lotto, I'll have this mansion, I'll have this, I'll have that. Why do you really need How are you today? Are you not happy today that you need all those things? And how many people have you heard won the lotto and are so completely not happy and in fact worse off than when they before they won it? So what do you hope people take away from reading your book? Oh, there's a lot that I hope they take away. First off, I hope they realize that alcoholism and addiction, if they know a loved one, is not personal. It's not personal. I'm sorry for these beeps and that iPhone just started <laughs> but um, it, I, I wasn't doing it at my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that they find that, th- that they can find out that there is a solution out there for people. I hope that I can save them maybe a trip to rehab by going through the experience that I went through mm-hmm. and showing that there really is a spiritual solution mm-hmm. to every problem we have. But it's and I walk, you know, I walk the reader through somebody that was a very here and now guy, a very driven guy, you know, try to get from point A to point B as possible, money in the bank, car he always wanted, hot wife, everything on the outside, and didn't have any spirituality or faith in a higher power or God, wow. nothing, because wow. everything was on my shoulders. It's me, 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 me. Yeah. 
and you get to see me open up to that there's more to life than this mm-hmm. constant goal setting and constant accomplishing admission. Yeah. The higher reality. And I, I walked the reader through it. And for you, when you came to God or said, okay, you opened yourself up, was it a humbling experience? How did that work out for you? For me, it was extremely humbling. And it was in the form of a panic attack. I did not get a burning bush moment. I did not get a euphoric moment. I did not feel like I was in the world of the spirit. It literally felt like my ego was being crushed. Something inside of me was, was, was dying. It was dying. The old Adam was dying. And when I finally accepted what I was and I accepted the help, which is, again, like, I don't want to keep talking and talking. There are stories behind the story behind the story. But when I finally accepted it, I saw it's called in uh, therapy. I never knew what it was. It was called the parallel process. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but Mm -hmm. I saw two choices in front of me, clear as day, almost like it was a movie. Wow. And I saw I could jump into this Adam that's right, that does what he wants, that drinks, that takes pills when he wants, that works hard, like just this, this guy, mm-hmm. where I could go to this guy, I didn't know if this guy was broke, I didn't know if I had to move, I didn't know if I had to wear a yarmulke, I didn't know if I had to be baptized, <laughs> I didn't know, what the, but I knew he was sober. Mm. And I jumped in, I jumped into that guy with both feet. Wow. And that was my first coming to moment. Wow. That's and some- how is your life today now with God and away from addiction? How, how would you say is, um, is it very different than your old? Oh, it's the, it's look before let, let's start with the, with, with life, with real life. Mm-hmm. When you find this, whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, higher reality, spiritual life. I don't mind, you know, it, 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 it God's a word, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you find this, that doesn't stop life from happening. Mm-hmm. Good things will happen, bad things will happen. But you find a peace that is very difficult to describe. If I win the lottery, like you said before, I don't have to pop champagne and do cocaine. Mm-hmm. And if somebody that I love very much dies, mm-hmm. I don't have to go into a depression and start drinking and drugging. Mm-hmm. I'm at peace. I see things completely different. I can see the green in the leaves. I can see the brown in the trees. I can see the birds flying. I can see the clouds. I can feel the temperature of the air. I can taste the food. I'm alive. Mm. I'm a man fully alive. Wow, it sounds like a rebirth to me completely. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, a complete rebirth. This is awesome. I'm really hoping that these words have hit a lot of our listeners and perhaps on their own journey, wherever it is, if they're in an addiction with alcohol, drugs, or maybe just life in general and forgetting God, their spirit. Um, Because like you said, you can have all the things in the world, but your spirit is poor. It's going to be a miserable life. And without God, I can't imagine a a happy life. So I'm so grateful that you've had this rebirth and and for coming to share your your story. I don't want us to leave without people finding out where they can get a copy of your book, find out more about you. How can they do that? 
Yeah, so you can find a copy of my book on Amazon. Yesterday, although we haven't launched it yet, the Audible book is out. It has my mentor, Dion DiMucci, who, who wrote the foreword. He's a rock and roll Hall of Famer, songs like The Wanderer and Ruby Baby. And he's actually, to give him a quick plug, his blues album is number one in the world right now. Um, but it's my voice. I recorded everything. I walk you through it with my personality so you know exactly exactly how it really happened. Um, but Amazon would be the main thing. So you have the uh, paperback, you have the Kindle, and you have the Audible all out. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much, Adam, for coming today to share your story on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. You betcha. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.